Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. I hope this message series has been beneficial for you. Honestly, we only had three goals going into it. One would be that we would make Jesus beautiful to you. Um, I hope that you have not been misled by this sermon series. Um, This sermon series is not supposed to convince you that the pinnacle of life is marriage. Uh, Because it's not, okay? And all the married people say amen, because you know. (laughs) Marriage is awesome, but it's not the pinnacle of life. The pinnacle of life is a relationship with Jesus. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, you, you made it. And so I need to stress that because singleness is not a lesser state of being. Singleness is not something you need to be ashamed of. If you have a relationship with Christ, that's what's it, that, that's what, that is what it is about. And that has been the main goal of our sermon series. Secondly, we just want to bring peace to your relationship and your relationship status, whatever that is. And lastly, honestly, we've just been trying to have fun with this sermon series. Because we're talking about relationship stuff, and sometimes people can get, you know, a little personal. Sometimes you got to make jokes and just kind of laugh at yourself to kind of get through it, you know? Because we got people from all walks of relationship life. We've got single people. We've got married people. We've got divorced people. We got married again people. We got never want to get married again people. We got wish I was married. We got complicated. And we got another category I'm going to introduce to you today desperate okay we got desperate in the house today and uh, you know who you are if you're desperate and so we got to make fun of ourselves a little bit so I was on the internet and I saw this meme and I thought it would be funny I thought you laugh you know it's funny just laugh when you see it all right this is what I thought for all desperate people this summarizes my love life I'm the guy in blue okay right there yeah in the corner come on it's funny I don't care what you say that's funny okay go ahead and get it off the screen <laughs> yes the guy in blue now now the thing is whether you're married or single I think at all stages of our life, sometimes we get desperate. And that's okay. Why? Because uh, I think that love is something that we were born to strive for. Love is something we were born uh, uh, to want, born to change. That's why, I don't know if you know this, but some of the best-selling songs of all time are what? That's right. And it doesn't matter what era you grew up in, okay? And so I'm going to start singing some love songs from different eras. I'm going to need you to join in on me because this is not a concert, okay? You're not here to watch me sing. If I sing these songs by myself, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. Nobody's going to like it. So if you know these songs, you got to join in, okay? Say amen. Help you pass that out, all right? We're going to touch different eras so that we can respect everybody, all right? You, you, you grew up in or you lived through the 70s. Make some noise. You lived through the 70s. Come on. We're not getting a lot of cheers, not because there's not a lot of people who lived through the 70s, but because there's a lot of people who lived through the 70s, they can't remember the 70s right now. That's why they're like, I think I was there. I'm not really sure. I remember something about it. Nixon, I don't really know. Vietnam, I don't really know, but I think I was there. Um, and, so, and so if you grew up in the 70s or lived through it, you know your song. Now, everybody needs to admit that you have a love song. That's first, okay? Especially the guys. You know you got it, all right? You whisper it underneath your breath. You know you got it, all right? If you grew up in the 70s, come on. Always and forever. Ooh, come on, church, you got it. These moments with you. Don't leave me by myself. It's like a dream to me. There's a mountain. Wow. Wow. Come on, y'all. All right, if you grew up in the 80s, you know this one, all right? Once upon a time, I was falling in love. 
There's nothing I can do. Yes, my 80s babies are here. You know that. Now, this last one doesn't matter what era you grew up in. If you've been alive for the last 20 years, you hear this song, and I don't care man, where you are, what you're doing, church, prayer, a funeral, you're going to sing this song because it's in your heart. And don't leave me hanging, church. You know this. I know you know this, okay? This is like Music Appreciation 101. If you don't know this, we're going to do a song just on music, all right? A series. A sermon series just on music. And we're going to teach you this song if you don't know this song. Are you ready? Okay. One, you're like a dream come. Repeat that. Make you fun. And if ever I believe my work is done, then we'll start it back. Yeah, church. Come on. Amen. We'll just close it right here. Dear Jesus, thank you. Brian McKnight, y'all. Come on. Yeah, now, now that's funny because at that end there, we all kind of faded off at the end right there because we can't do that run, which is my point. It's one thing to have the passion to sing, but it's another thing to have the pitch to sing. You know what I'm saying? Like, just think of any Whitney Houston song ever, okay? Especially the one from The Bodyguard. Come on. And I... You can't hold it. Can't hold it. You know what I'm talking about, right? We'll always love. You know what I'm talking about, right? Always love you, yeah, yeah. See, it's it's and and, I, and I'm saying that I'm not just trying to have a good time. I I, I promise this is gonna get biblical in just a second. I, the reason why I'm saying this is because it's one thing to have a passion for singing, and it's another thing to be able to sing. I don't know if you made the connection yet. What I'm trying to say is there are some things in life where passion is just not enough. And it's one thing to sing, I will always love you, but it's another thing to have the ability to love a person for a lifetime. And I think there are a lot of people who get married and they come to the altar because they're full of passion. They got the passion and they think, I just love this so much that there's no way I can fail. Say that to the person who got eliminated in round one of American Idol. You know what I'm saying? I just love singing. There's no way, bro, you can't sing. You know what I'm saying? You don't have the skill. And so, and so, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm actually trying to bring you good news. Here's the good news, that the ability to love someone for a, love time, for a lifetime is not like singing. You're not born with it or not born with it. Actually, like most skills, you can develop it through preparation and practice. And that's what I want to do with you today. I want to prepare you and I want to help you practice to have a lifelong commitment, okay? And matter of fact, that's the title of today's message if you're taking notes. Passion, preparation, and practice. Passion, preparation, and practice. We all want passion. Single people want passion. Even married people want passion. They want passion back in their marriage, or they want the passion in their marriage to go to the next level and be passionate. We all want it, but we go about getting it in two different ways. Single people, you go about achieving passion by preparing for it. You got to get ready. You have to get your life ready for it. You got to get your mind ready for it. You got to get your character ready for it. Okay, married people, you go about getting passionate in a different way. You don't prepare it, prepare for it. You practice it. You practice passion on the person that you love. I think one of the main reasons why we see tension in our relationships today is because we have the formula reversed. We got single people practicing passion and married folks who are too late to prepare, which is why I'm trying to help you out. You see, that's why we went through this whole little plan here. And that's how we started with the spiritual, because it doesn't matter where you started, it matters what you do today. There's this wonderful thing 
called grace from this beautiful person named Jesus. It didn't matter if your life is not built in the right way and you put Jesus first, he gives you the opportunity to start over in your marriage, to start over in your singleness, to start over. It's a wonderful thing, okay? And so I'm going to give you today, I'm going to give you some steps. You're going to be super practical and I want to warn you, I'm going to share some things with you that are biblical but that are not popular. I'm going to just heads up, I'm going to say some things that you are not going to agree with I'm just going to ask one thing from you. Don't walk out. Just stay here, okay? It's all Bible, and it's, and it's all meant to help you, all right? Because a lot of people here are like, well, I don't want to do any work. I just want love to be you know, romantic, and I just want love to, like, I want to fall in love. What's all this about work? I don't want to work. Love's not work. Love is like, ooh, love. Like, no. Everybody wants to fall in love. Can I raise the bar higher for you? Don't let falling in love be the goal of your life because everyone falls in love. Instead, try and do what 50% of America can't do, stay in love. And let me tell you something about staying in love. It takes a pulse to fall in love, but it takes a plan to stay in love. And what I want to give you today is the plan to stay in love, whether you're single or whether you're married, the plan to stay in love. So if you're single, here's the first question you got to answer. Are you ready? Here's the first question you got to answer. This is good. Are you the person you're looking for is looking for. Mm. That's good preaching. Are you the person you're looking for is looking for? Because let's be honest, single people. I'm going to talk to single people first, then married people. So if you're married, hang in there. Give me 15 minutes, I'll get to you. Single people, are you the person you're looking for is looking for? Because let's be honest, I know you got a list. Somewhere in your iPhone, somewhere in a piece of paper, rolled it up in your, in your sock closet, sock drawer, you have a list of all the qualities you want in a person. And some of your qualities are just weird, guys. Let's be honest, okay? And they're always contradictory qualities. Like, like you'll always, like, girls, you'll have this on your list. You'll be like, I want my man, when I find him, I want him to be wealthy but not arrogant. I want him to be humble but not broke. Guys are a little different. Guys are so weird. We're like, I want her to be pure but have experience. We're like, what? <laughs> what, is, what, is, what, do you, what do you want, bro? You know? We're like, <laughs> we're like I want her, I want her to, to love the Lord, you know, be praying every morning, but, like, but not too early. Like, I don't want her to be weird, love the Lord, just like enough love the Lord, but not too much love. Like, what? And I just want you to know God is not a pizza maker. You don't submit your order to him and then he, you know, got that, got that, yeah, boom, and send it to you. He's not a pizza maker. He's a matchmaker. In other words, he's going to bring you someone who matches where you are in life right now. He's not going to give you something. He's going he's to bring you someone who matches your passion for Christ. He's going to bring you someone that matches your goals, your dreams, and your vision. If you got no ambition, why are you praying for somebody who wants ambition? Why would somebody who has ambition be with someone who doesn't have ambition? Here's my question to you. Do you qualify for your own list? Do you qualify for your own list? Because if not, maybe you should stop focusing on trying to find the one and start focusing on being the one. Because if you wouldn't date you, you're probably not ready to date. I told you it was going to hurt, and I'm sorry, and it stings, but it's good you need to hear it. If you wouldn't date you, it's probably not time to date. And so here are some things to help you out if you're single. Deal with your issues before you get married, single people. It's always somebody that says, mm, and amen. And I just want to let you know, person who said that, I'm talking to you, okay? <laughs> talking to you. There's always that, mm, amen. Me talking to, no, boy, I'm talking to you, okay? 
Because here's the thing, I've done marriage counseling, and I've never seen one time where someone walks into the counseling session and says, Pastor, I know exactly the problem. Don't worry about it. It's me. I'm selfish. I got issues, man. It's my fault. Never. They always walk in, always blaming the other person. But I want to tell you, in all of the relationships that have failed in your life, there have been 10 different people with 10 different issues, but there's only one common denominator. You? The only one that's been in every single one of those. So maybe we need to just, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to show you a graph, okay? So what do I mean by issues? First of all, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. Because there's a lot of people that think, well, I, I got issues. No, there's a difference. I'm not saying you can't have scars. I'm saying you can't have open wounds. What is an open wound? An open wound is something that when I say it, you don't want to talk about it. It makes you angry, it gets you upset, and usually draws back to your childhood. So I'm going to show you a, a graph right now, single people, that I never show single people. I only show married people this, but after doing marriage counseling, showing this graph, I started realizing um, it's too late. <laughs> this graph is like... It's like 10 years too late. And so, and so I'm going to bring this graph into single people, hoping that single people will be able to grasp this. Married people, you're going to, okay. But, but here's the issue, single people. Okay, look, you have issues, and your issues are with your parent. You don't know it, and you most likely deny it, but something happened in your childhood with your mom or your dad. Maybe something they did to you. Maybe something they didn't do to you that they didn't have control over. Maybe it was something they had control over. Like maybe they would always get drunk or they would abandon you or they would abuse you or they would walk out on you or they would always fight on you or they would always tell you that you're never good enough. Um, uh, but maybe it was something they couldn't control. Like maybe you had a mom or dad pass away when you were a child. And you just never had that figure in your life. And so it's a bunch of things. The point is not what it is. The point is, trust me, you got issues with your mom and your dad. Here's the problem. And I'm going to show you this next graph, but not yet. When I show you this next graph, I'm gonna, it's going to take all the willpower married people have. Married people, where you at? Okay, hear me out, married people. It's, when I show you this graph, married people, it's going to take all the willpower you have to not do this. And I'm just warning you right now, when I show you this graph, eyes on me. Don't look, don't nudge, don't ear twitch, don't nose twitch, just eyes on me. Okay, here's the next graph. Look at me. Here's what's happening. The husband and the wife are getting into an argument with each other. You and your spouse are getting into an argument with each other. The spouse doesn't know how to fix it, and, and you don't know how to get him to fix it because you think you're mad at him, but you're not mad at him. You're, you're, you're really re you're responding to your parent, but you're reacting to your spouse. And if you don't fix whatever you got going on before you get married, your spouse is going to absorb some of that drama and some of those issues. And, some of, and that happened in my, mar in my marriage. In my marriage, I got to be careful because my father was on the front row and I love him with all my heart. Um, <laughs> but in my marriage, there was, a day, there, was a, there was a day where I came home and I left the socks out on the floor. Like, my bad. Like, my bad. I left the socks out on the floor. I'm just saying it did not warrant the argument that my wife and I got into. You would have sworn I killed somebody. She came home, all the husbands are like, look up here, husbands, okay? She said, how dare you leave your socks here? Don't you know that I cleaned this house? And I'm like, I get that it's a deal, but I don't know if it was that big a deal. And then after really months of conversating, I said, why? Why do you always get mad at me when I leave my socks out on the floor? She said, well, I grew up in a house where my mom was always cleaning up the socks of my dad all over the floor. He would leave a trail of clothes from all over there. And he didn't, and I just said, he didn't care about her work and effort. And, and you're not going to be my dad. And I'm like, oh, 
I'm sorry. I guess. I don't know. Should I apologize to him or you or what's going on? And, and if you, I'm just saying, if you don't resolve issues now when you're single, you're not going to, you're going to carry those into your marriage and you're going to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and months and months and months with a counselor until years later, you're going to look at the counselor and you're going to look at your husband and you're looking at your wife and you're going to go, oh, I'm not actually mad at you. I'm actually mad at my parent. And your spouse is going to be like, oh, really? Oh, Okay. That's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. And so, and so you got to work on it, all right? Number two, you got to work on your bad habits. Break your bad habits before you get married. Break your bad habits before you get married. I need to be honest with you guys, okay? I'm going to say some stuff that's going to sting, but it's good for you. Marriage is not going to fix you. Marriage is not medicine. It's a magnifier. It doesn't fix what's wrong in your relationship. It's going to amplify whatever was wrong in your relationship. Okay, and so are you addicted? Well, I don't know. How do you know if I'm addicted? Okay, um, you know, I'm not addicted. I quit wherever I want to. Okay, so quit. I don't want to. You're addicted, okay? That's how that works. Now, I just need to, I just need to warn you, okay? I just need to warn you ladies especially. You're going to get with a guy who is going to give you the, the call one day. Single guys, I'm sorry. I'm blowing up your spot right now, okay? I'm going to put it out there. You're going to call your girl one day. Because you get, as you're getting close and you're starting to come to church and you're going to let her know all of your issues. You're going to do that because you're going to think it's the right thing to do. And it is. You're going to call her up. You're going to say, baby, I just want you to know I got issues. And I got habits. And, uh, and then she's going to be on the line. And w- ladies, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be like, oh, that's so awesome. Like that you're being honest with me right now. Like this is so amazing. Like you're exactly the person I want to marry. Like this is great. Like, Thank you so much for being transparent. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Because he's going to say something at the end of that conversation that you're not going to want to hear. It's going to sound great, but it's not. It's a trap. He's going to say, but when I marry you, this won't be a problem no more. Here's the trap. He thinks you're going to fix him. And you won't. And not only you won't, you shouldn't. You didn't get married to be nobody's therapist. You didn't get married to be nobody's counselor. You get married to be somebody's princess, their wife, their to be cherished and to be loved. You just sign up for all that. Now, fellas or ladies, if you're on the opposite side of that conversation, let me help you out. You think that person's going to fix you, but they're not. It's going to get worse. Why? Because when you realize that that person doesn't fill the void in your heart, you're going to double down on your addiction, trying to over-inebriate the issue that you should have resolved before you got married. Not only that, a second thing is going to happen. In six to eight months, your addiction is going to be that person's fault. They're going to sit down with you at dinner and go, you know what? I just got a problem gambling, babe, and it's your fault. And you're like, homie, you've been doing that for 12 years, okay? How in the world is it her fault? You're going to find a way. You're going to make it creative. You're going to be like, what happened was Jupiter aligned with Mars, and it hit off your head onto me. And then I went online and lost $1,000 in a casino, and it's all your fault, okay? And here's the third thing that's going to happen. Fellas, I'm trying to help you out. Ladies, I'm trying to help you out. You're going to say, oh, I'll resolve this when I have kids. You won't. And I want to let you know now, you are introducing spirits into your home that your children are going to have to end up fighting when they grow up. God can heal you. That's why he's the foundation. He can help you. Fellas, women, no matter what the addiction is, God can help you. You need to get on him and you need to get into a group or go to counseling, one or the other. But don't put that on your wife. Don't put that on your husband. Don't put that on that future person. They can't do what only God can do. Amen? 
and all these things, but it's helpful. This is really going to sting. This is really going to sting, but you need to hear it. Okay, I'll talk to ladies first and men second. Ladies, don't dress like a commodity or put up with being treated like one. Now, listen, the Bible's been misused a lot to put shame on women. And here's two things I'm not saying. I'm not saying I'm about to use the Bible to create a dress code, okay? So if you came to church dressed today, however you came to church, don't hear what I say and then start becoming self, you know, you know insecure and be like, oh, you know, start putting up three layers of jackets over you. Like, I'm not, not talking to that. Here's what I'm also not saying, that the way you dress gives a man permission to treat you disrespectfully. Every man needs to be in control of his own eyes, of his own tongue, of his own behavior, of his own hands. So I'm not excusing uh, disrespect or harassment, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm trying to help you. I want you to be happy, and I want you to be married forever. And here's the problem when you use your body as the main thing to attract men. I've learned this in fishing, okay? I learned this in fishing. Um, I've never been fly fishing, but I, I, I get it. Um, you use flies uh, as, as bait, and you know why you use flies as bait? You use flies as bait because the lake where you're fishing, you know that the fish are only attracted to flies. And so you use the bait to attract the certain type of fish that you want. So I'm going to use flies because I'm trying to attract a fish that is only attracted to flies. And can I tell you that if you use your body to attract a man, you're only going to attract men who want your body. And that's big because some of you guys are here thinking, oh, again, all men are, it's easy to say that, but it doesn't matter how I dress. All men are pigs. That's not true. Most men are pigs, but not all men. I'm just kidding. We got great men here at Jersey. Give it up for the men of our house. Come on, they're great. Listen, all men are not alike. All the men you date are alike. Because you keep using the bait to attract them in your life. And that's all that they use. And I just want to let you know, I want you to be happy. Listen to me. If, you, if whatever you use to catch them, you got to use to keep them. See, and so you can't prepare for a lifelong marriage if the person you're married is not prepared to love you for a lifelong time. If you attract them with your body, ladies, you got to keep them with your bodies. I got bad news. Like really bad news. You might be cute now. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it there, okay? It's called the law of gravity. Men, 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 listen to me. Men, deal with lust. Men, deal with it. Deal with lust. Listen to me. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it strong. Men, deal with lust. I know it hurts. I know it stings. Deal with it. But I just got an appetite. Okay, what? Um... <laughs> this is the way God made me. Uh, okay, what? Uh, I get it. Listen, it's good to have an appetite. It's good to have a healthy appetite even. It's good to want to, to, like say food. It's good to have a healthy appetite for food. There's nothing wrong with you. If you didn't have an appetite, there'd be something wrong with you. But listen, it's one thing to have an appetite and it's another thing for your appetite to have you. And I think there are a lot of men who would say that they have an appetite, but really it's the other way around. They become a prisoner to their own desires. You're... You're, Jesus Christ died on the cross so you wouldn't have to be a slave to nothing. Nothing and no one, not even your own body. You wouldn't be the slave to that, all right? So, so, so deal with it. Get into a group, come to Jesus, and the blue tent, there's people who are willing to pray for you. You don't got to share all your business with them. Just go over there and say, I need prayer. I need, I need some things in my life. Join a small group, like I said, it's going to help. Last two, these are really, again, these are going to sting, but you need to hear them. I'm going to hit them quick. Postpone the physical component of your relationship until marriage. See how quiet it got right there? <laughs> there was amens on everything when you thought I was talking about someone else. But now, postpone the physical component 
I'm not, guys, I'm not here to cast shame and guilt on anybody. If you've been physical in a relationship, this is not about getting you to feel bad. I want you to be happy. Listen, if you're being promiscuous before marriage, do you think promiscuity will end after marriage? It's going to continue. Every single person right now is in a relationship with God. And if you can't be faithful to God by guarding your purity, you are not going to be faithful to your spouse. I just want to help you. I just want to help you, okay? And so just try not to, listen, well, dating's supposed to be fun, you know, and it's not fun if you're not touching and all that. No, who said dating was supposed to be fun? There are some fun moments in dating, but dating is not a recreation. It's preparation. It's not a game. It's a goal. It's something that's supposed to take you somewhere. Well, I'm not ready to get married. Then you're not ready to date. Because dating is preparation for marriage. It's okay. You don't have to say amen. It's going to hurt. I get it. There's one person who's saying amen right now, and it's that church mom. That's it. She's been waiting. She's been waiting all, all year. She's been waiting all year for this sermon. She's like, amen, baby. You heard him. You heard him. That's the only person saying amen today. And listen, as much as you might agree with this one, church mom or whoever, I need you to, I need you to not say amen to this because I know for a fact we've got a couple people in our church who are in this next situation, and you don't come to gym church to feel bad about who you are. I said you weren't going to agree with everything that I said. You don't got to agree with this. That's just on you, but I'm just, I'm trying to help you, okay? Here's my next point. I don't want any amens. I don't want any, mm, just receive this, okay? Because we're not here to cast guilt or shame on anybody. It's not what church is about. It's not what the gospel is about. Avoid living together if possible. Avoid living together. Oh, you don't want me to have fun. No, I'm trying to help you. Did you know, this isn't even Christian stuff. This isn't even Christian stuff. Did you know that UCLA did a study and 50% of couples who cohabitate end up in divorce. Now, there's different scenarios and different situations. So this isn't a blind sweeping. I know a couple right now that's getting married in a month. They were living together, but they wanted to do things right. It's like, it makes no sense to know, buy a house and for the next 30 days if you're going to get married. There's different situations. But, but if this is for you, this is for you, okay? I'm not trying to steal joy. I'm trying to help you, all right? Um, there's a couple in our church that was living together for 10 years, 10 years, had kids together. They had a lot of kids. I mean, I mean, three or four kids together. About this time last year, they decided to get married. They left the courthouse with a piece of paper and two pieces of, of round metal, and they called me up the moment he left the courthouse, and he said, Pastor, I know it's just a piece of paper and two pieces of metal. He said, but this changes everything. He said, I feel different. I love her like I've never loved her before. She loves me like she never loved me before. He said, we still be fighting, though. <laughs> but now I know that other person isn't going anywhere because there's commitment there. So if you're living together and you're, not, and, you're, and you're not covered in marriage, let me just ask you the question, why not cover that in marriage? Well, we don't have the money. We don't have the time. Okay, talk to me. Send me an email. Here's what I promise I'll do. In the next four weeks, if you're living with somebody and you want to get married, we'll do it for free right here at the church on a Sunday morning. We'll marry all of y'all, four, five, 10, see 20 people at one time. I don't care. We'll do it so that you can have God's blessing and covering over your life. We'll, we'll do it right here. Send me an email. Hit me up on Instagram. We'll set it up. I don't care if it's just one couple. We'll do it right before the preaching. I do. I do. Amen. God will bless you. God will bless you. I'm going to talk to married people. Um, I'm going to hit this thing pretty hard on married people because I want to help you, okay? Now listen, there's a lot more points to married people, but I'm gonna hit them quicker. And single people be like, oh, that's not fair. How come the married people get eight points and I only get six points? Because it's easier to fix when you're single. Single people, there's things in your life you need to work on now. Married people, it's not impossible. We got God's grace. We can do anything. Just a little, whatever go. Married people, I'm gonna help you out. Number one, don't window shop. Be happy with what you have. This happened this past Thursday. We went to Legoland and Liz is like, oh, I'm gonna go into the store. I'm like, but we don't got money. 
She's like, no, 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 I just want to go into the store because there's a clearance thing. What if I find a good deal? But we don't got money. We can't afford it. Yeah, but what if it's a good deal? That's why you can't window shop husband. That's why you can't window shop wife. What if you find a good deal? What if you find somebody who's just giving it away? You can't afford that. So don't do it. Don't window shop. Be happy with what you have. All right? Number two, understand that adultery can happen to you and set up safeguards in your marriage. I never told anybody this, but I don't expect to cheat on my wife, but I do expect to be tempted to cheat on my wife. Why? The Bible says it. James, it says when you are tempted. When you are tempted. So what safeguards have you put in your marriage to prevent that? I have three and four, and, uh, and I've never shared these publicly with anybody, but I'll, I'll tell you right now. One is I don't counsel women alone ever. Two is I don't travel alone. If I go on a long trip and I'm gonna be by myself, I always bring somebody with me. Um, three, I have friends in my life who are asking me tough questions. And four, I have accountability software on my iPhone, on my iPad, and on my laptop with a four-digit code that I don't know, that only Liz knows. She also has the code to my, my phone. And so if you're in a relationship and your husband or wife doesn't have the code to your iPhone, why? These are things I'm trying to help you out. And they help me. They help me not visit. And sometimes it's difficult. I'm not saying that all these safeguards are easy. Sometimes they're frustrating, especially that internet blocking software. Like, that stuff's just problematic. Sometimes it blocks stuff that's not even bad. Like, I Googled the other day how to flip pancakes. It was like, nope, you can't see that side. I'm like, I'm like how freaky have people gotten in the last 10 years? My God, can't even Google pancakes anymore. But I'd rather deal with the frustration of purity than the failure of infidelity. Oh, and by the way, practice. Remember I said you got to practice when you're married? Practice this. Practice sitting on your couch, staring at another couch. If you have kids or if you're going to have kids in the future, practice having a conversation with your children or your future children about explaining to them how you cheated on mom. Practice that conversation. Well, your mom was great. You know, I loved her. It was just that what happened was I got run through that convo two or three times. See what that does to your heart. See what that does to your heart. Practice that. Like, I know this is going to sting, guys, but a couple things. Okay, I got to hit this. We're going to go long here. I'm sorry, but this is just a little longer, five more minutes. But, but you need to hear this, especially at this point. Schedule romance. Schedule romance. Intimacy. Talking about sex. Marry people. Schedule it. I know what you're thinking right now. All the women everywhere were like, oh, but that's not romantic. I want it to be spontaneous. Yeah, how's that working for you? <laughs> That's my question, married people. How spontaneous working for you? Not too well. I didn't think so. You guys, you want it to be like a Lionel Richie song. You know what I'm saying? You walk into the room, hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your... It don't happen like that. Single people... And you say, well, that's not spontaneous enough. It's not romantic enough. I don't like it. Okay, here's food for thought. You'd schedule an affair, wouldn't you? You'd have to pick a time and place, wouldn't you? You'd have to book a hotel room, wouldn't you? So book a hotel with your spouse. Get away with them. Listen, the Bible says that a husband and wife should be intimate often. And I'm laughing right now because somewhere a man just said, amen, say that again. Brother in the back right now got his iPhone out just recording right now like, yup. We are re-listening to this sermon tonight, girl. Tonight. Now I need, to, I need to hold on. Fellas, just calm down before you start, before you open your Bible for the first time in 20 years, okay? Let me just, 
help you out right now because you want to know where that's at. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have the authority over her own body but use it to her husband. Hold on, guys. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his body but use it to his wife. Each displaying mutual consent. That's the key. You can't force it on nobody. Now, I need to say that, okay? Because I know, I know, guys, tonight they're going to open the Bible. They're going to be like, hey, 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Same. It's been a while. 1 Corinthians. <laughs> and that's not how it works. It's got to be mutual. It's got to be mutual. Okay? So, ladies, can I help you out? Help you help your man out? Here's what you do. Here's what you do, ladies. Listen, when a husband asks to be intimate, yes, single people, it gets to that point where we ask. You're like, you ask? Yes. They don't know. Married people, they don't know. We got to let them know. <laughs> Hey, what's your plans tonight? Like, we got to let them know. They don't know. When your husband asks, married person, wife, this is what you say. You say, you can say no. It's okay. But say no with a caveat. No, but then. Tomorrow. No, but Tuesday. No, but Wednesday. Okay? We will work with that. We just need a goal, ladies. We just need something to strive towards, okay? But husbands, again, mutual consent, okay? So don't be crazy. Don't be like, it's 1201. <laughs> said Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's, uh, it's, 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 just going with you. You said Tuesday, so it's, uh, it's, it's Tuesday up in here. Right? It's, uh, chill. Simmer down, okay? Simmer, simmer down. Mutual submission. But I'm not feeling it. Motion creates emotion. Motion creates, and my wife saying amen to that. Come on, girl. That's how I'm happily married, y'all. I'm happily married. Motion creates emotion. Maybe the reason why you're not feeling it is because you stopped being intimate and you allowed the urgent to take over the important. You got so busy, you stopped having time for each other. Motion creates emotion. I'm going to hit these next ones real quick. Teach your kids that a closed door means you knock. If you don't have kids yet, this is important. You're going to love those little babies. I know you are. But here's some things you need to know. When your kids grow up, they leave you. So don't you dare love your son or daughter more than you love your spouse. Because one day they're going to get married and you don't see them on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Your number one priority is your husband or your wife, then your kids. And I'll tell you who needs to hear that the most. Mixed families, step families. You need to hear that the most. You might be on your second or third marriage. You're going to be on your fourth if your husband or wife doesn't become your priority after your, before your children, after God. Serve in church together. Write that down. Serve in church together. You need a common mission to drive you. Our legacy team, Michael and Elise Co., they're serving in our legacy team. They're doing it together. They told me, they said, man, this has been something that's brought us together. Why? They have a common goal, a common mission. Join the dream team. Step three is going on today. Serve in church together as a family. Go to counseling, even if it's just a prevention. And the last two things are, are two things. Listen, nothing has saved my marriage more than these next two things I'm going to share with you. Married people, the next two are gold. Write this down. If you're married, if you ever plan on getting married, these two are gold. These two have, more than anything, have saved my marriage. One, have a date night weekly, no matter what, no matter the cost. Well, I don't got nobody to watch my kids hire a babysitter. Do triple background checks, whatever you got to do to feel secure. Okay, move your, move your parents from Canada if you got to. 
have one date night a week. Got to do it. Got to do it. And number two, build on the right foundation. I'm going to ask you to stand at your feet as we close in prayer today, giving each one of us an opportunity to do that. Married people and single people, an opportunity to build on the right foundation. Look up at me, church. I know there were some things I shared today that were hard to hear, maybe some things you didn't agree with. Just hear my heart. All I ever want for you is your happiness and your joy. That's why I shared the things I share. I, want, I don't want you to be on two or three marriages. I don't want you to, 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 to be rotating in relationships. I want you to experience the joy of being married to one person for the whole, the whole of your life. It's a beautiful feeling. Beautiful feeling. That's why I share these things. But it starts here. I'm going to keep coming back to this. Pastor Jesus, you keep preaching the same thing because you think I'm playing. Because you think I'm saying this just because I'm a pastor. I'm not saying this just because I'm a pastor. I'm saying it because starting your relationship here is the only thing that's going to keep you together during the good times and the bad. It's Jesus being on the cross, holding you guys together. And when he tries to run away, he goes, uh -uh. And when she tries to run away, he goes, uh-uh. Holds you. And he holds you. And he holds you. So married people, go ahead and grab the hand of your spouse. Or hug them. Single people. It's you and Jesus. You don't need a man, you don't need a girl, it's you and Jesus. Single people, I'm serious. Stretch out your hands, single people. Stretch out your hands. I'm gonna to talk to the single people first, married people, just already begin to pray for your spouse right now. Come on, it's been years, some of you guys, that you've been prayed for the person you love. Will you do that right now? While I talk to the single people, married people, right now, begin to pray for that person that you love. Single people, let me talk to you. You are not a lesser person. You are not at a lower state of life. You don't need a person to complete you. Jesus has already completed you. And I pray right now with your hands extended that you would receive a love, an affirmation, a peace, and a joy that no guy, that no girl can give, that only the Holy Spirit can bring, that only that, that, that spirit that breaks things and changes things, that heaven on earth right now, you don't need a kiss to experience heaven. You just need the Holy Spirit to experience heaven. Single person, you are not less than. You have everything that you need in Christ. Married person right now, I want you to intercede for your husband and your wife. I don't care if you've been married one week or if you've been married one year or 20 years or 30, 40, 50 years. Would you recommit to make Jesus the foundation of your relationship? Come on, just love on him and your love for him and his love for you will overflow into your love for your husband and your wife. Father, we thank you for every married couple here, married one day or 20 years. Father, we know that you are the one who holds us together. Would you hold us together? Would you reignite the intimacy, reignite the romance, reignite the passion, take us to new levels of love for one another in Jesus' name, amen. Keep your eyes closed, keep your head bowed. If you're far from God today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and but you'd like one, you hear me talk about this foundation and you say, you know what, before I can get onto the social, interpersonal, emotional, physical, I need to get my life with Jesus right. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand up to the sky as a signal. I need Jesus in my life. I need to start over. I need a redo card and I want one today. If that's you, when I say three, shoot up your right hand. One, two, three. Right now, you need a redo card. You need to start over. You need to get the foundation back in place. Come on, I see that hand. I see that hand. Church, pray with me. Pray with me. Everybody say this. Say, Father God, I love you, and today I learned you love me. Forgive me, I wanna start new. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Come on, we have 12 hands right now. Come on, give you can do better than that. 12 people making a decision for Jesus. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. Amen. Your life is brand new today. Things are going to change for you today. I'm so excited that we get to be a part of that process. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.